How's it going? Welcome back to another podcast. As always, I apologize for any background noises in advance or anything of that nature. But anyway, so for today's topic, what I wanted to talk about is basically how to not be a people pleaser anymore from me being a people pleaser my whole life. So I have a lot of experience in putting other people's point of view and just in general putting other people before myself and I've gotten to a point where it in a way it broke me and it made me really depressed just because I was like I care so much about everybody else but nobody seems to reciprocate that and so I basically was harming myself and putting myself in a state of being where I wasn't happy because I didn't care about my personal preferences and my personal choices because I put other people's thoughts, choices, words, actions, and feelings above my own. And how I got myself to not do that anymore just basically Obviously, everything that I talk about, it takes a lot of work. And it's things that you have to continuously go after. And if you want self-improvement, you have to be willing to put in the time that it takes. Because it took me three years to not be a people pleaser anymore. From continuously putting in effort towards myself. And there's no right or wrong way to do anything but I like to give step by step on pretty much everything because I feel like it makes it easier to understand things when you're giving instructions step by step it's kind of like when your teacher gives you a rubric to what's going to be on the test it makes it a whole lot easier to pass the test you feel me so take all that into consideration when you listen to these because I don't know what you go through, and therefore, I can only speak on what I am trying to say or trying to help with, so keep that in mind. And with all that being said, I was gonna make this clear and concise, but there's no way for me to do that, and in a way, that's my way of people-pleasing. Putting other people's needs above my own explanation of things. So, basically, what I learned from my three years of continuous work to not be a pleaser or a people pleaser is, one, you have to recognize that if you're a people pleaser, your level of empathy is off the fucking charts compared to other people. Like, take the friendship between a female and another female versus a male and another male. Males tend to make fun of each other and to not talk about feelings because that's what they know. And that's how they're raised and that's just their bubble. Your bubble is based off of a lot of shit. That you have gone through, the things that you believe, the things that you value. And the, usually when you're a people pleaser, you just care a lot about other people and you care 
in general a lot and you feel things at a deeper level than most and most people will call you sensitive because you don't enjoy what other people are doing because you only know what you know just like they only know what they know and basically this is what I want to describe as people pleasing because if you're a people pleaser you won't be able to see it because you're in it. It's kind of like if you're a character inside of a movie, you're not going to think it's a movie. You feel me? Because you're the character. And until you're watching it on a big screen, you don't realize that you're a character. And that's what people pleasing is. You are this person and as much as Anybody can try to get you to understand what type of person you are. Only you can understand by stepping out and by changing whatever that aspect of you is. Or by releasing the situation. It's kind of like if you're in a toxic environment or a toxic relationship, you're not going to think it's toxic if that's all you know. So until you get exposed to something different, you have no idea. And I'm not gonna lie to you, people-pleasing is due to a lot of trauma, just like narcissists go through a lot of trauma that creates them as a narcissist. It's kind of like we're on spectrums. It's kind of like... The best way I can describe this is with something that's kind of harsh to think about, but it's true. It's kind of like if you're overly exposed to sex as a child, it has the same effect on your physical brain as rape does. And you wouldn't think that because you're like, well, that didn't happen to me. So how could I be that damaged if the only thing that happened to me was that I was just exposed to that idea, to what that is? It's a spectrum. You either fall on one side or the other and that's kind of why people pleasers have a tendency to go after narcissistic people because it's what will feed that part of you that thinks you need to be with this person or it's kind of like how people pleasers feel the need to please you feel me like the reason why you do the things you do are to help other people but in helping other people you don't see that that's bad for you because you think you're doing good because you want to be doing good because you feel that that is good but it's not necessarily good for you and you might not think that it's at a detriment of yourself because you're like well nothing's wrong I'm not depressed nothing is you know going awful I'm just living life and everything is fine. But until you take yourself out of that position, you don't exactly know if that's the best life you could be living or if that's the life you want to be living because that's all you know. Your level of empathy as a people pleaser is stronger than the average. Why? Because you had to learn to read deep 
into situations in order to learn body language, to learn tone, to learn how people feel, to learn a lot about other people because it's out of your instinct and survival. And it's kind of, like I said, it's on the spectrum of trauma as, you know, pretty much everything is traumatic when you look at people. Our psyche is like a punching bag and our beliefs are constantly being beat and you have to ground yourself in a state of being where you know that you can't be hurt anymore. And when you're sitting in that people-pleasing mentality, you don't have that ability for yourself because you're too busy being there for everybody else that you don't make time for yourself. And so, from trying to stop that for three years, my past three years, I think I've done very well just because I put a lot of people before me, like a lot of people, like the people that I call my friends, even best friends, when, you know, they were best friends, romantic partners, family, anybody. It didn't even matter who you were. I considered your feelings before mine. And when I finally got to a point where I was like, what the fuck? Like, nobody's here taking care of me. So why the fuck am I taking care of everybody else? Even if I have the level of capacity and understanding and awareness to do so and to care and to show empathy. When I stopped, it... It felt wrong in a way because it's all I knew. It's kind of like if you grow up in a really toxic environment, that's all you know. Therefore, you think that's normal. It's kind of like if you're toxic in a relationship and then you get into a healthy one and you think it's boring. You find some way of being that feels like something's wrong. And so the first year that I did that, I felt like I was wrong. For everything and just beating myself up heavily because I felt like what I was doing was wrong even though it was for myself but one thing that really helped me through that first year was telling myself that how can I help somebody else if I can't help myself if I can't be the rock for myself if I can't be the provider for myself if I can't be the lover for myself, if I can't be everything I want out of life for myself. And that kept, kept me grounded throughout the past three years because that's really strong and a really powerful idea in the first place. Because if you recognize that, how could you ask the world to give you something if you can't give it to yourself? And it's maturing, in a way, when you stop putting everybody else's needs before yours. Even if those people are your family or are your best friends. Because I realized that I was doing that too. And putting my family's needs ahead of mine. Like, I used to try to gain my mom's approval really, really hard in really tiny ways. Like, I would do chores for her, I would do 
small things for her and I would point them out to her so that she saw them. And I would do the same thing for my siblings. I would make them creations. I would give them pep talks. I would, whenever they were feeling down, I would be there for them. And my family has a rocky relationship. Like, sometimes some of my sisters aren't speaking to each other and I'm the peacemaker. Because I'm the only one that will get over whatever the fuck they're fighting over. Because I want them to love each other and that's a people-pleasing tendency because it has nothing to do with me and when I stopped for that second year that's when it was harder just because I had stopped talking to a lot of people like a lot of people because I realized that the only reason that I was their friends was either because I felt that they felt bad for me, that they felt like I needed somebody, or that I felt like they needed somebody, or that we just didn't align with each other, our values weren't in the same place, or that we just weren't alike. So I stopped talking to a lot of people the first year, but they weren't blood related, so it didn't hit me as hard as it did the second year. Because that's when I left my family. And I was like, you guys don't care, so why should I? Which, in a way, is kind of the wrong way of, to go about that. Because I realized that they don't need to care. You feel me? And I don't need to assign blame. Because if they don't care, I don't need them to. Because I am the care that I need. And that I want. And it was harder that second year because I felt more alone than I ever did, period. Like, ever in my whole fucking life. But it unlocked a piece of me that now can take care of myself to the fullest extent. And all of the pep talks that I would give to my friends with broken homes, I gave to myself. And in feeding myself... I gained a lot of self-acceptance, self-respect, and self-love, and self-care, self-care, because I had to learn to do everything for myself, you feel me? And do everything in the sense of figure out where the fuck I was going to live, figure out how I was going to eat, figure out what I was going to do to push forward in life. And not be another average person. Because I was trying to follow my dreams. And my family didn't agree with me following my dreams. So I said, okay, if you don't agree with this, that's fine. We don't have to agree. But I'll leave and I won't be in your life. Because I want people who will lift me up as much as I lift me up. As selfish as you might think that is. Because you think that I'm overly sensitive. Because I don't have the level of understanding that you are sitting in, right? My level of empathy is a lot deeper than the average person. That's why I get called sensitive and overreactive and traumatic and shit like that. Because people don't feel things to the extent that I feel things. Or they don't allow themselves to. Because 
It's kind of like if you stub your toe, do you sit there and allow yourself to be like, damn, that really fucking hurt? Or do you be like, ooh, and move on? I sit there and I reminisce. And other people don't do that. Not to say that that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's what I do in order to understand what happened for me to not make that mistake again. And I also don't do that like a lot because you can get caught up in that too. And that's another thing I learned from having to take care of myself. Reminiscing in the pain does not help understand it because you'll never understand anything. For fuck's sake, do you understand that you're alive right now and that you're breathing and how the fuck you're doing all these things and how the fuck there's a phone in your hand and how the fuck you're listening to this podcast? No. So I realized that I was getting caught up in trying to be perfect for myself, which was really, really strange. And it's kind of like running on a hamster wheel. You're running and sprinting and sprinting and sprinting and sprinting and wasting energy. But you don't go anywhere. And you want to be going somewhere. And you can't figure out why that's happening. And so, from that second year, moving on from how lonely I felt. That final and third year, which is coming into this year, right? which is going to be the fourth year of me not being a people pleaser, is that I needed to not be people pleasing myself in a weird way. Because people pleasing myself was allowing myself to sit in my pain and allowing myself to blame other people and being angry and being sad because I was validating my feelings. But you can... Allow yourself to feel those things, reminisce on those things, take what you want from those things, and move forward. And that's what I mean by like people-pleasing myself. I was being a perfectionist, and that I wanted to be perfect for myself. Because I know that I'm all I have. And you are all you have, even if that sounds depressing. Because in, in a way it does sound depressing. Because that sounds kind of lonely, but that's not the truth. If you're with yourself, how could you be alone? And that's kind of what I learned in the third year, that I don't need to be perfect for myself, to love myself. I just have to be willing to understand and validate the, the ways that I feel. And if I'm feeling like I'm sensitive that day, then so fucking be it. I'm sensitive. And people around me are gonna have to deal with that. Because I'm a human being and I go through things. And for people to invalidate the things that I feel, I know that I don't need them in my physical reality. So that doesn't mean that I'm gonna punch them in the face if they say that I'm being overly dramatic. You feel me? Because that just proves their point. I just say, well... Thank you for telling me how you feel, but how you feel is not my priority, and I don't care what you have to think, what you feel, because it's not you, and you're not in my skin, and you don't understand how I feel as much as you want to say that you do, because if you're calling me these things, 
you truthfully don't care enough to try. And my level of empathy is at an awareness level that is not on the same page as yours. So thank you for giving your two cents, but you can take that change and shove it up your ass. Because the only two cents that matters is mine. And I'm not angry in the sense of like, just to be angry. I'm more so angry in the sense of you invalidate something about me and it pisses me off. It triggers me in some way because as a kid I was picked on a lot. So when people picked on me it pissed me off because I'm like what are you what are you even looking at? What are you even pointing out? And so I try not to react because it doesn't do anything. Kind of like that phrase that violence doesn't solve the problem because it doesn't. And people pleasing in its own way does that to you or at least learning to not people please can do that to you can make you angry and take it from me because the majority of the podcasts that I was posting for a really long time were just angry rants about shit that's wrong with our systems and economy and politics and shit like that which obviously have nothing to do with me so another thing that I learned through stopping the people pleasing mentality is that you're gonna go through a shit ton of emotions a shit ton like things that you never thought were gonna come up like for me I never thought that I'd get depressed and that should happen and I never thought that I'd feel super alone to the point where I wanted to literally take my motherfucking soul and I never thought that I'd get so angry to the point where I couldn't contain it at least when I was out and with family and friends and you kind of have to let them flow like it's kind of like if you shake a can for years and years and years and you finally decide, you know what, I should relieve the pressure from the inside of this can. And you open it. It explodes. And you can't do anything about it because it was already shaken. The process was already set in motion. The things that were supposed to happen already happened. And you can't look back at the people pleasing that you did and beat yourself up for it. And be mad because it already happened and you learn to accept a lot a lot more and a lot easier of reality because at least for me when I stopped people pleasing I realized that people are who they show you like if somebody I don't know, if somebody brings you a chocolate bar and you're on your period, that means that they really fucking care about you. And they're thinking about you. And they have you on their mind. Or if somebody is talking to you and they know you for a really long time and they say, hey, 
are you on your period? And you say, yeah. And they're like, oh, can I piss you off? I should piss you off. And they say something that pisses you off. You know where they stand. They show you who they are for face value. And people just are who they are. And you can't be mad. Take it from me because I dislike who some of my family has shown me they are. And the only thing I can do is accept that. Because regardless of the fact that I don't like who they are as a person, doesn't mean that I would trade them. Because I have my own set of values. And I'm not accepting them for them. I'm accepting them because they're all that I have. And I do it for me. It's kind of like there's a lot of things that my family has done to me that I have forgiven, but not for them. It was for me. And for me to prove to myself that I can do all the things that people say that I can't. And throughout my three going on four years of not people pleasing is that the ultimate way of closure or moving on or peace or revenge for some people, at least for me, right? Because I can only speak on me is to accept what it is and move on and do better. Do better for all the people who told me that I wouldn't be shit. Do better for all the people who told me that I wasn't anything of value. And prove to myself that I deserve everything and more. And not because they told me that I wasn't going to get it, but because I know that I can. And I know that I want to. And I know that I will. You accept life. When you accept life, you accept life as a big challenge. And you try to go bigger, go home. And on my journey of not being a people pleaser anymore, I realized that the only company that I need is mine. And that the only things that I really need is me and my skills and what I can provide for myself. And accepting the fact that this world revolves and the processes that are already set up are set up and that I can bend those to my advantage because of the intelligence that I come with and because of the resilience that I come with and that I built in myself from taking care of myself because you can't really do anything in this world of value or of impact if you can't get out of bed to make your bed or to tie your shoes you feel me? Or to get up to shower every day. Or to get up and want to help the environment. Because you care. Like, from me not people pleasing, I realized that 
I have more energy for things that matter. And not only to me, but to the world. You feel me? Like the fact that I did this podcast in the first place. Because I always knew that I wanted to do a podcast. I just never knew about what. Because life, I have this constant rotation. I'm like a revolving door. Somebody walks through it and the whole thing changes. And then another person walks through it and it changes again. But the only person that's walking through the revolving door is me. And I'm doing it constantly because I like to go and search for things and experiencing things. And I can't go through this revolving door if I can't even get up to give a fuck. You feel me? And when I stopped people-pleasing, I realized that I have a lot of energy. Like, right now it's like 3 a.m. And before I'd be tired all the time and not even want to get out of bed. Just because I'm like, ugh. Just that, like, feeling like, ugh. And I also realized from my people-pleasing tendencies that the female anatomy and the male anatomy and brain processes and our functions of thinking are way different from each other. Way different. And from me trying to please everybody else, I was stepping into a box that didn't ever fit me in the first place. Like, when I finally, you know, left my family, I realized that I was chasing male validation for them. For my family to not look at me differently. For the choices in love that I choose to make. When the fact of the matter is that they're not going to be married to the person I'm married to. So, that really doesn't matter. And it shouldn't matter to them, at least. It's none of their concern. And you just gain a lot of openness to yourself and openness to the acceptance of what it is that you actually want because people pleasing isn't something that you just do it's not just an action people pleasing is your state of existing and your state of existing reflects outside like if you're a people pleaser by nature you do things that aren't really for you right like if you're a people pleaser and somebody punches you in the face and they say, sorry, I didn't think that was going to hurt you. And you say, oh, well, you're right. I feel bad for you. So I accept your apology. Did you really do that for yourself? Or did you do that for them? And from this past month, in the past couple months alone, 
I've learned that people-pleasing means not being afraid of making mistakes and disappointing people because that's gonna happen because I'm not gonna live the life that they want me to live for them and their expectations are not real as much as they want it to be real you feel me like my mom wants me to work a regular nine-to-five and is that my definition of what I want absolutely fucking not so she has to deal with the fact that I'm gonna disappoint her in that aspect of life and she's gonna have to deal with the fact that I don't date men and she's gonna have to deal with the disappointment of not going to a wedding of a traditional marriage and that's gonna be disappointing in its own way because it's not the life she wants or envisioned for me and I'm okay with that because I take care of myself because I'm done with the people pleasing but that's just my examples because I'm really proud of how far I've come and I've never been able to comfortably say that I'm proud of myself from wanting to please everybody else from wanting everybody else to be proud of who I am or what they want from me and I always felt that if I wasn't at someone's service that I was worthless but the only person I need to be serving is myself and I'm really proud of myself just in general because I don't even have like friends that I talk to on a daily basis because they don't get me and they think that in some sort of way I'm the bad guy and that I have a lot of sharp edges which again I'm proud of because I'm okay with that I'm okay with being the bad guy to everybody else's story because I don't need to care about your movie the only movie I need to give a fuck about is my life my movie even though it's not a movie because it's not and I take it serious because it's not a fucking movie it's my life and I realized that from people pleasing I downplayed my life and my life events because people are like oh you're so dramatic it's like we're in a movie and it's like no I'm serious and I feel things deep because it's my fucking life because this is fucking here right now and this is real and you're really playing with this like it's a toy playing with your life like it's a toy not feeling your emotions because you're scared because you're not like me because you don't have a level of empathy that I have and that has nothing to do with me and I'm not saying those things to downplay anybody else's existence but it's how I personally felt and feel and for you to attack me means that you just don't get it 
and your emotional intelligence is at a different level than mine's and you might be smarter in different aspects but I'm smart in the fact that I know who the fuck I am myself and I won't let anybody talk down to that and the only person that's gonna validate how the fuck I feel is me so I know when to fight and when not to fight because I'm not just gonna fucking throw hands with anybody you feel me like jail is not a cool thing in my eyes so to let my anger control me is not what I want to do and is not pleasing myself to allow my emotions to run my life but when I feel them I can't just bury them because that's not how it works when you feel things you can't just bury them unless you're fucking drinking unless you're fucking doing drugs unless you're having sex unless you're having person after person come into your life and distract you from your problem but I don't distract myself so I allow myself to feel those things and if those arise I'm not gonna sit there and try to fucking choke myself out for your sake and the fact that I can admit that to myself is a big deal to me because I just had a really hard time with that and pleasing everybody else and being there for everybody else except for myself and validating my fucking self and I was thinking about this the other day this is also off topic because I'm about to end this the first time that somebody told me that I was enough was a counselor a counselor in my high school And the reason that I went to this counselor in the first place has nothing to do with anything. I went to this counselor to switch classes because one of the teachers was putting me on the spot. Every single class, every single time that this teacher wanted an answer, from the class, they would point me to be the leader and say, I want you to lead the class and I want you to come to a conclusion to share with the class. And I didn't like being put on the spot like that just because I was really shy in high school. And in a way, I'm still kind of shy, but I was really shy in high school, like really fucking shy. And so I went to this counselor to switch classes and told him what was happening. And he said, why this teacher speaks so highly of you during our teacher meetings. Every teacher loves you because you actually try in class and you're not a piece of shit like the rest of these high schoolers. And in a way I was like, you know what, he's kind of right because in a way I'm running away from me being a leader. But that's not what I want and I want to be there for myself and I told him well I just can't do it I just don't want to and he said 
has anybody ever told you that you're enough? And I told him that I didn't know because I can't recall a time that somebody told me that. And obviously counselors go to school for all that shit and psychology and your state of mind and what plays into what. And he sat there with me and he said my full name and he said you are enough and he said it slowly and I just like broke down and that was the moment I learned that you can't stop feelings, one, in that you have to be there for yourself. And not so much necessarily because people might not tell you that you are enough, but for the fact that you will never know that you are if you don't show up for yourself. Like, I wouldn't have never known I was worthy of so much if I didn't try for myself. If I didn't give to myself, I'd never see that I was worthy of all the things that I want and worthy of a good life and worthy in general because we live in a society that teaches you that you really aren't anything if you don't have a name or label or this or that. And that really gets to me. And I think due to just a lot of things. And that story, just thinking about that, I don't even know why that thought came up in the first place when I was thinking about that because you kind of always know that you're worth life if you're existing but sometimes you get to a point where you're really fucking anxious or depressed or whatever and it diminishes and you push that away from yourself and you're like no that's not true how could that be true if nobody's here for me if I give all of my empathy all of my people-pleasing abilities to everybody else and nobody's still here for me and nobody still loves me and nobody makes room for me how could I be worthy and when I got to a point where I realized that I don't care about dis disappointing anybody I think that's why it came up because I was like I'm worth all the things that I want I'm not gonna let anybody stop me. And whatever I see worth the fight, it's worth the fight because of a reason. And I don't have to see the reason here and now because if I feel it, it's true to me, myself. Because truthfully, you only really recognize yourself and know what's going on in the world through you. 
Like your state of awareness is all of the things that you've compiled that your psyche now knows unconsciously. And why the way your parents raised you, the things that you were exposed to, the way you treat yourself, the way you treat others is really important. And yeah, that's where I'm going to end this because I don't want it to be over 40 minutes or over 45 but yeah, hopefully you have a good day, a good night, whenever you're listening. Obviously, I don't know your life. I can only speak online. And that this was helpful and that I see you in the next one. Peace.